You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. So if someone was to start doing social media lead generation or PPC lead generation, they need to understand that there is different things to have in place before you start doing that. The We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azria.org. Hello, we love Equity Real Estate family. How are you guys doing today? Today, I'm truly inspired and I'm I'm excited about our guest on today, who is Esteban Andrade, who is based out of Miami, Florida. He hails from Detroit and Toronto, but he's now in Miami, Florida, doing some amazing things. He's doing some virtual flips back in Detroit, and we're going to talk about some lead generating on today as well. So, Esteban, how are you today, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. You know, when you're uh, surrounded by palm trees, your soul is fulfilled. <laughs> All right. So I, I love that part. Yes. I get it. I get it. It's a big difference from Detroit to Miami, Florida, as far as the weather. Oh, man. Well, right now, luckily, there's no hurricane or there's no hurricane. It's stormy kind of season, but the weather, man, the weather, it's like almost the best all the time like always sunny warm sometimes you do sweat for no reason compared to <laughs> detroit it's like you will have a, a great great weather throughout the whole year except for the summer that sometimes you'll have that storm okay okay yeah and you know that humidity down there is crazy yeah. but i mean detroit you're right at, right there on lake michigan also so that can be kind of hell as well so Esteban, yes. tell me, man, you're a real estate investor and digital marketer. Give me your backstory, man. What did you do prior to jumping into real estate? Yeah, man. Prior to jumping into real estate, I, I was working on an office. I was working at a corporate job in the Motor City. So um, in the Motor City is where I got my, my chance to kind of show up in america so in the united states i came in from toronto as a canadian citizen i got a chance to start working in the u.s fields and and i got a job in in chrysler chrysler automotive fit chrysler so i started working as an engineer making sure i have the design of the pickup trucks ready to go ready to launch on terms of making sure that everything goes together with the frame all engines, parts, suspension, everything goes together and we launch for next year's. And in Detroit, you know, with, with so much movement and, and things trying to scale up, I, I noticed that there was so much opportunity in, in real estate investing and, and flipping and, and, and in even wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was just working at, off, at the office trying to be my very best at every single job that I got because I work for suppliers, but I also work for Chrysler. And I noticed that there was just so much more outside of those four walls that had good opportunities, but there was so much more. And I wanted to like redirect it somewhere else. And I always saw real estate as, as this thing that I, I could achieve really good things and I could, I could achieve some sort of greatness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you transition from the corporate to doing real estate? Did you just quit your job at Chrysler and just jump into real estate 
uh, <laughs> full time or was there a transition period? And how did that transition look? Oh, hell no, man. Look, man, if, if someone is trying to pursue some sort of real estate entrepreneurship, whether that's passive investing, whether that's active investing, right? So whether you're holding into properties and, and buying into properties or whether you start to do in wholesaling or doing acquisitions of properties, I su highly suggest that you start having a, a stable income, which would be a job and just put the damn effort during, between, before and after your job into doing everything that you have to do. There's plenty of time and there's always time uh, to go and over deliver on yourself. And that's what I started doing because I would, I would wake up, do my things in the morning to get to work. But when I was driving, I would listen to, to knowledge, to, I would learn, I would, I would take that driving time to learn things that I wanted to learn about real estate, wanted to learn about legion, digital marketing, whatever that is. And then when I got to work, of course, I got busy, but I took every single moment in my work time. So it was like, let's say lunchtime. I would take lunchtime to eat, but at the same time, do stuff about what I try to accomplish. So I try to maximize as possible. And I knew I needed to do this type of effort and this type of things in a very short period of time. I knew, I knew that I had to do the sacrifices so that I could at some point exit it out. It doesn't matter how long it would take me. And then after work, I would always go home, eat, uh, go, do a quick workout and continue doing this until late at night. But that's because I had some sort of purpose, right? With real estate, with entrepreneurship as a whole, it doesn't really matter what I wanted to do because at the time I just wanted to, to really unlock and, and take that key and open the door to what I could do that is bigger than me. So, um, I, start, I kept doing it at the same time. I knew I was not getting too much time, let's say for myself at the beginning, or I was kind of putting away some of the things I would do on a daily basis, such as hanging out with friends, going to a bar or going to a restaurant or watching a show, all these things that, that I like to do before, uh, they had to be put on hold for, for, for some time. And they had to be Yes, they're, they're precious because it gives you that, that, that great peace of mind. But at the same time, it's going to be a waste of time if you're going to have the purpose of getting into something full time at some point. And man, look, at, at the beginning, it was, it was so hard to determine when would be the exact moment when I would fully go in and like okay. quit the job. Because... I knew I needed to replace the income. At least 70% of my income needed to be replaced. This is my, my criteria in order for me to do that full jump. Okay. But even when I got to this 70% replacement, I was still scared, right? Because entrepreneurship and business owners and, and, and all this, it has way so much volatility. Everyone makes it in their first years. And not everyone makes it in business. And not everyone has that C-level type right. of personality as well, executive type of personality. So it, that was my fear, right? So I was just trying to prepare, trying to prepare, always mm -hmm. trying to prepare. And, and then I was making money, but I, I couldn't really liberate myself and put just the full time until COVID happened. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this, Esteban. So, because I know a lot of people go through that. They're like, okay, I'm making money on the side with this side hustle, but then this is my, my corporate job or my nine to five. When do I know when to make that transition fully and bet on myself and say, you know what, I'm going to do this, this hustle and turn this hustle into a business. How did you get to that point to where you say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. You know what, man? in my opinion, and people could even have formulas or exact timings, but I think everyone's timeline is always going to be different and everyone's time is always going to be different. In my opinion, we are never going to be prepared yep. for taking risks, for, for going out there and, and being uncomfortable. Not, you're never going to be prepared for having a marriage. You're never going to be prepared to having a kid. Maybe you can do all the things prior to try to be prepared, but 
it's always going to be new, something that, you know, things that are going to come up that are you you didn't prepare for. So what happened with me is that I needed a little bit of a, a kick from life. Okay. What happened to me was that I needed someone external push because I didn't have the enough certainty. All right. I didn't have the inner certainty of doing it myself. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it next month. And the next month comes in and I'm like, ah, oh, didn't do it. And, yeah. and, it, it, and it's this feeling, right. Of, of like uncertainty, but luckily enough for some reason, so for some miracle, and I call it miracle. A lot of people went through a really bad, a rough patch. And I'm sorry about that, but COVID happened. And in COVID during COVID, like 2000 employees, 2000 workers in Detroit, just like were kicked from their job. They call it, they call it that they were laid off, laid off. but they were, they were just fired basically. Boom. 2000 plus employees across Detroit, across the Detroit grand area for all automotive. And one of them was me. I remember that time, man, March 24 at 4 PM, right. The end at, by the end of the day where I got disconnected by my, my email, my Gmail got disconnected and my, and my computer had like a message saying like, you have no more access to the network anymore. And then I received a phone call and it's like, I'm sorry, Esteban, things are going on with COVID. Boom. You got to go. That wow, man, so they, did, they didn't even pull you into the office and, and say they didn't pull me into the office because wow. at the time they, they were arranging everything to be virtual and like, okay, let's, let's do virtual things. COVID is happening. Let's make sure that you have a work from home. I started mm -hmm. getting settled. It was cool and everything. And I could put more time into the business while working, but then boom, just COVID happened and, and they laid a lot of people off, including me. Wow. So, okay. So that, that push in life right there, that, that transition life made that transition for you. So yeah. after you were laid off or basically fired from Chrysler, then you said, okay, I'm going to go into my hustle full time. So explain to us what that hustle was. What did you transition to and how is it working out for you currently? Absolutely, man. I call it the, the my life's kicking the butt. And that hustle started with, with real estate investing. I was, I was learning for, from for term builders, went through the three-day seminars. I was learning from YouTube about flipping itself. Like for me was flipping was like the thing that I wanted to do. I just didn't understand like the amount of, of work that it requires mm -hmm. and the amount of coordination that it also requires. So, so then we went through our first flip, which didn't do great. Wait, uh, wait, because wait, 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 go, you're going too fast, Esteban. Yeah. So let's kind of go back. So you was going to these fortune builder workshops. Did you, did you join a membership? Did you pay the 30, 40, 50 grand to be a member of no. fortune builder? <laughs> I only paid the first one for the three days. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you did the three day quick seminar, got what you could from there. What did you, how did you guys find that, that first fix and flip deal? How did you find that first deal? Man, honestly, we, we had no idea that we could cold call homeowners or do SMS or just extract a list or whatever. So what we ended up doing was like, Hey, like what, what do people do whenever they buy off market? Let's go to an auction. And uh -huh. so we ended up doing like the auction type of approach, right? So there was a auction online where you, you'd start at $1,000 and it was what it was unfortunately from owned properties owned from the land bank, oh. which means that properties in Detroit were being auctioned, but they're, they're owned by the county, they're owned by the city basically, and they're being auctioned so that these properties were purchased by future residents or residents of Detroit or people that want to move into Detroit, they want to fix it up. And in six, eight months, you know, it's, it's good to go. You live in the city. Okay. So we saw that opportunity and there was like some precious homes that, you know, calculating the, the after repair value was going to give us a good amount. And, you know, we, we were thinking about this repairs and, and this work that we could put into this property that we, we did our first, we actually were able to succeed in our first auction. And I remember okay. we attempted like four or five auctions and, and you had to like be ready to like, bid and bid you know it was it was so funny because we were at work and we we're like yo we're gonna get it <laughs> we're gonna get <laughs> okay. it and and then we got one 
we got it. We were like handshaking with two other partners at the time. Mm-hmm. And when we got it, we were super excited because we said, hey, this is going to be a great flip. It's going to be like 50 or or 60K in return after we flip it, after we sell it. And, you know, we started doing all, all the paperwork. We just started doing all the projections of what needs to be done. Fortunately, at the time, one of the partners is a contractor. Okay. So he, he knows more about us than about repairs and what's needed material here and there. So we, we were super confident about it until we got hit by the contract fine prints, you know? Okay. The contract uh-huh. fine prints said, you have to hold the title of this property for three years straight. You cannot pass it on to mm. anyone else because... Okay of what Troy wanted to do. Wanted, they didn't want investors or flippers that just right. want to make money to purchase these land bank properties. And what they wanted was residents. People actually wanted to be there or hold these properties or rent it out or whatever that is. But right. at the time, since our business model was flip, out we were like, oh Stop. man, yeah, we didn't see this. Like we were already into this and we didn't see these fine prints that we, we have to hold this property. And that's, and that's one of the things, not to cut you off, Esteban, that's one of the things with, you know, buying properties from the cities or municipalities sometimes is that they have it where, yes, you can go in and you can buy them for pretty cheap. How much did you guys get the property for? We got it for like almost 13K, so 12K okay. something. Yeah. Okay. So you got the property, let's just say for 13K and what the city does is they want to like you said they want to make sure that these are owner occupied homes that people come in purchase and they stay there in the home so what did you guys do man once you found out about that fine print what was the exit strategy from there because you couldn't really flip it anymore yeah man and and they also they they also needed if it was not a historical home they needed for the home to be uh livable in six months. Wow. So then it means that everything, every repairs need to happen. So we were ready in a bit. And we were like, oh man, like this exit strategy, should, should we just keep it and try to rent it out or stuff like that? But at the time we were like short on the cash that, that, you know, that we were, we were needed to put into this. And like, we probably could dig deeper into more savings, but that was not our and that was not our goal, right? Right. Like, right. Into a property for three years. So what we did was we f- we kind of fought with a little bit with the city, telling them, "Hey, we want to back out. Like, okay. I-, I cannot do this." So we ended up losing money, right? Part of those 12 k something. We ended up losing money because you guys, because normally the the how much did the city require you guys to like put down to hold the property? Yeah, it was it was 20, 10 to 20% something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was not too much money, but still we let, we had invested some money into fees, into this and that, you know what I mean? And so that money was wasted, but I see it as a good thing cuz we learned in a bad way, but we learned. Well, at least and- you guys learned on a $13,000 property versus a $230,000 property. 100%. So, okay. So you guys lost, you know, anywhere from, anywhere from, you know, $1,500 to $2,500. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happened after that? Did they let you guys back out or? Yeah. Fortunately, they let us back out. They let us kind of break the, break the contract, all the signatures, all of that was taken care of. And what we did was like, okay, man, let's, let's just keep going. Let's, let's just see what we can find. But after that, we, we kind of like got a little bit kind of like turned down about that, about that. But I, I started looking for ways so that I don't make that mistake by working on the field with someone else. Okay. So, you know, at the time also, I was also trying to, do these little different things, trying to like figure it out what I wanted to do. 
you know, from real, apart from real estate wholesaling, there is many different things that pe people used to push on YouTube, such as selling Amazon, FBA, mm -hmm. right? Sell e-commerce, sell all these kind of things. Or, and, you know, you, and we tried. And as a matter of fact, it's funny. My product in Amazon that didn't do well was a mask. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. It was a mask, man. Okay. <laughs> and one year after, the masks were freaking on high demand everything yeah everybody yeah needed man. A mask. It, it's so crazy so i tried amazon fba and and i was like no it's not working out and someone approached me like a friend approached me on uh, from canada and they they were already doing lead generation for gym owners and for okay. some real estate agents and i was like what the hell is lead generation what what does a lead mean <laughs> Gotcha. You know, and then, and then I started like understanding it and started understanding what was needed. You know, I was, I was very like clueless about truly about business, because if you don't know what lead means, it's like, oh my God, like you, you have no business without lead right. prospects to right. sell. So once I started getting into it, I understood that this guy was doing everything through social media paid advertising. Okay. Okay. So he was leveraging Facebook and he was leveraging Google to generate leads for his customers. And he told me, man, hey, come here. So you have these skills that you have earned through doing e-commerce, Amazon FBA, trying out all real estate things. Come in here and try it out and let's start working together. Let's split whatever you sell 50-50. But in reality is that I ended up working for free for like three or four months, you know? Okay. And that's, <laughs> but, that's something people don't understand. You know, a lot of people, they think when you jump out there into entrepreneurship, they don't understand that, hey, sometimes you got to sacrifice dollars for the experience. You know, you got to, it's basically like an internship. And that's, that's kind of what you did. Yeah. So you learn the lead generation through this, through this partner. And is that how, I think the name of your business is Hustle Media or? Hustle Media. <laughs> Hustle Media, okay. So, so tell me a, a little bit about the lead generation process that you go for, you know, real estate. Without giving away, you know, everything that you have, kind of what are some of the steps? So if somebody was getting started and they said, hey, you know what? I don't have the money for direct mail. I just want to start with, you know, SEO or, you know, paid ads what what should they do what should they look for yeah man so absolutely so if someone wants to start doing social media lead generation or ppc lead generation they need to understand that there is different things to have in place before you start doing that first you have to make sure that you have a lander a landing page or a place where people land and they're able to submit their information Okay. Usually a landing page can be something as easy as putting together a click funnels page, which is a landing page builder or a website such as a carrot website landing page, but making sure that it's trustworthy and tr credible enough so that people go in, they give the information such as, okay. a, such as one, whenever you have a website, but it's, it, it has to be credible enough. And of course, when you have that landing page, you need to make sure that you understand the back end of how the targeting and the campaigns work. Okay. So, so before, we, before we get to the back end, what yes. should we have in, on our landing page that provides that credibility? Absolutely. So it's all going to depend also on where the channel comes. If you're okay. on Facebook and people are usually interrupted because all of a sudden an ad was popping in their newsfeed or, or, or in their marketplace. And it happens that these people need to sell a property. So these people have a very short attention span. What they need to do is they need to land somewhere that gives them immediate trust. So it's easy. It's also easy to give out the information, right? It's, okay. it's also going to be a very easy fields, name, email, number, and address. And also make sure that there is a credibility factor. You okay. can put one to three testimonials, all right, 
of past customers. If these testimonials are even shout outs by other colleagues that you do a great job for homeowners, that's good enough because I know a lot of people don't start when they start, they, they don't have testimonials or they don't have a review because they haven't even asked the homeowner or maybe mm -hmm. they haven't had a contract ever. So a shout out by, by people okay. uh, and making sure that uh, people that come into the funnel understand your process real quick. It needs to be like six seconds. So step one, submit your offer. Step two, we will review your offer and we will give you a call back within 24 hours so that you get the best offer possible. Step three, sell your property with one cash offer or multiple options that we can give you. And, and you're going to be able to sell at assets within seven days. So those are like one, two, three steps, very basic things that people need to understand. So those things are good enough for the landing page to have. As long as we have those, we should be good to go. Okay. Cause, and guys, everybody that's listening, I know through PropStream, you know, I'm a big, big advocate for PropStream. You can get a landing page and a website through PropStream, you know, once you become a member of their platform. And, and there's a seven-day free trial. I'll make sure I link all of that in the show notes so you can get the seven-day free trial and play around with it and see if it's something that you like. And then Absolutely. also, yeah, we'll make sure we have a link up there for a uh, demo video. So, so Esteban, so now you're, you're doing this lead generation. How is it working out for you? How are you guys getting these leads into your funnel? Right. So now we have a very armored way. When we started, we were running ads, sending everything to a spreadsheet. And, you know, we were just managing that way, but it was not sustainable. It was not efficient. And it was just all over the place. So we started running ads on Facebook at the very beginning. That was our first thing because we started okay. working with people in Detroit running their ads and helping them as I learned about wholesaling and everything and running their ads were one thing. And then the other thing was converting these homeowners that came in from the ads, right? Okay. Because generating a lead, I want to say is the easy thing, right? but converting it is the, is the second step, which is a harder part, which has has to do a lot with, of course, the, the lead quality, but it has to do with the follow-up. It has to do with your sales skills, like true sales skills, whether that's being able to properly follow up, being able to properly greet the person, being able to properly have the, a great impression at the beginning with this human being mm -hmm. and taking your sales hat off sometimes and instead being a problem solver consultant. Those things that people do in wholesaling. So just, just trying to, you know, give the low ball offer. And if they didn't accept it, move on. Look, man, I know you're trying to do volume game and, and, and like uh, numbers game, but in, right now in real estate investing, we really need to be able to have other type of options and exit strategies to be able to convert. All right. Absolutely. So we're running, we started running Facebook ads, boom, Facebook ads starting giving us this type of leads that they have very short attention span. So we have to have speed to lead, which means that we need to get to the lead as soon as the lead is generated very quickly, very fast. We have created a call center that does that for us. Well, we also have created a follow-up process with the CRM that does it for us immediately. All right. Okay. So we're making sure that we get to the lead right away, real fast so that we can book a phone call appointment with them after we have pre-qualified them, going through their motivation, going through their, how, how many repairs does it need, going through the, what's the time frame, going through what's the lowest that they can get on a cash offer and asking some questions. Okay? Okay, so let me, let me kind of help summarize the process if I'm understanding. So you have Facebook ad. Once they see the Facebook ad, if they're interested, they go to a squeeze page or a landing page put their information in there. And then you have that information goes to your call center. Somebody calls them back immediately, correct? Correct. So it goes to the call center, but it also goes to the CRM because okay. the CRM is going to trigger automations follow-up that is going to be in the shape of SMS 
the shape okay. of emails and in the shape of even RVMs, which okay, is bringing gotcha. us voicemails. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So pretty, pretty automated. So once you get them in, into your funnel by their email or telephone number, I'm assuming, then you can retarget them and keep with that follow-up system. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And um, the beautiful thing about working Google and Facebook is that first, Google is a, is a platform that every single human being almost in the US uses to find an answer for almost mm -hmm. anything. And even if it redirects you to YouTube or even if it redirects you to an article, whatever that is, they want to find an answer. They want, if they need help, they usually go, we usually go to Google. Like right. it's almost like a norm now. Mm -hmm. So about 92% of homeowners will, would try to find an answer by going to Google first or by doing a search online, doesn't matter. And 74% of people usually do business with the first person that they like and the first person that they have a conversation with. So that's why it's huge to really have that speed to lead. But also Google, when you are doing a search, let's say for example, homeowner searches cash for my house, right? Cash for my house is one of the keywords, cash for my house. They, they want... They want someone to give cash for their house because they need cash for some reason. They understand the need to sell the property or they, or maybe they're just type, type, typing, I need to sell my house fast mm -hmm. for some sort of reason. When they, when there is four ads appearing right at the beginning of your Google search, they're going to try to click on either of those four. Okay. Or, or maybe they, they, they go on a rampage and they click on every single one of them and submit the form and every single one of them. But if they did not submit the form and they only clicked, you can reappear in their Facebook newsfeed or Instagram newsfeed once again and be like, Hey, I'm here. Right. Hello. I can help you sell your property fast. I, I can give you a cash offer. You, you don't have to deal with any repairs. The, you can sell it as is, any condition. So you can have a synergy between Google and Facebook because you can track down those people that do those clicks and that and, go into those landing pages. And, and what is that called, Esteban, for, for people who want to try and get this set up? Absolutely. So it's called remarketing or retargeting techniques. Okay. So remarketing, what it's going to do is Every single one of these channels have a pixel, which is basically a code that is installed the website or the landing page and is going to read who exactly have landed there, visited that page or done anything. And it's going to install a cookie into uh -huh. Their computer basically is going to install a tracker, some sort of like tracking mechanism that is going to follow them around everywhere in their phone, in their laptop, in their messenger, in their Instagram, everywhere. Every single app that they open is going to track that down and it's going to understand what you do and your behavior in your phone. It's kind of like a little bit trippy, but okay. it's a high tech that Facebook has and, and Google has allowed these tech corporations to do. It's, it's, it's incredible because we are able to really understand human behavior and human data, what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's why we can easily kind of influence people to take action into selling things by showing them what they need, what they want, or what they think they need, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, because I know that's what a lot of people say, man, I went on a website and I looked at one thing and now every time I open up my phone, it's everywhere. God, <laughs> that's because of pixels. Or, mm -hmm. or you can, yes, or you can just talk with someone over the phone or like you're talking with someone here in, the, in your living room and you have conversation about anything like flip-flop or pets or whatever that is. And you have that conversation and you mention a bunch of keywords about it uh, repetitively, the freaking phone is going to listen to you. And then it's going to allow 
a small business owner that sells products for pets or, or for flip-flops to show their ad, right? Now it's opening a door for them. Hey, this person seems like it's needing something about that. Let me show your ad. That's right. exactly how it works. Okay. Well, let's take a brief break. Esteban, when we come back, we're going to talk about your flips in Detroit because you, yeah, you messed up on that first one, but you guys are back on track. So let's take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about your flips in Detroit. Absolutely. Finding real estate deals can be a challenge, but with Batch Leads, it doesn't have to be. Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps, and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage, and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to Batchly.io and use promo code WeLoveEquity. Okay, guys, we are back with Esteban Adrande, based out of Miami, Florida right now, but he hails from Toronto and Detroit. And right now he has a team that is in Detroit, the Motor City, that's doing flips. So... Tell us about your flip process there, Esteban. How are you guys doing it with you being in Miami? Do you have a team on the ground in Detroit, first off? Yeah. So, you know what, man? All the, all, all the connections and friends that I ended up doing in Detroit, they're all interested about flipping houses or they're interested about owning their own property and, and just being in that game. They are either contractors or they are in the game somehow. So one of our friends that are relative friends, what he ended up doing was he ended up learning how to really take other people's money, manage that money, and manage crews to make these other people more money, and he will get paid by doing that, which is project management, all right? So what I understood was, hey, look, I extremely suck about mm -hmm. doing anything <laughs> related to a, a, you know, a renovation or whatever manual, it is. Manual labor, huh? Manual labor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and man, like I could definitely learn for sure. 100%. I, I could go in there and like get dirty and sure like that and stuff like that. But Hey man, I, I, I have a business that is thriving. So let me just do something or try to find a way to do it. So one of the best ways that I found was that if you have a project manager that has either connections with crews or you can connect them with your crews or subcontractors, but most of project managers that are working in here, they have experience or they have had some sort of connections with people that do this manual labor. And they're going to be able to take care of, you know, the roofing, the floors, the walls, whatever that is, every single part, there is there is a contractor, subcontractor to do that. And sometimes they do it themselves. Like you know, to save money, the project manager ends up doing some stuff himself, right? So, so, so how, did you, how did you find, so if somebody's looking for a project manager, how did you find your project manager as an example? Yeah. So one of the best things that I would say was... To find someone that is already doing, they're on the field. They they're already doing some stuff, or they're they've been having some sort of experience. Something maybe they're not project manager just yet, but you know that they are struggling by managing the business itself. Like maybe they're not born to be business owners. Maybe they're not born to like have any employees and, 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 and maybe there's just struggling doing that. And you could potentially know that, Hey, look, one of your biggest skills is to, to connect crews and people to do what they're the best at and have the best labor, um, to do this type of, jo of jobs. All right. Uh -huh. 
I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I I can have someone or I can oversee all the other moving parts of this, but you're going to help me manage this project, which is going to be a flip that I'm going to do in Detroit. And you're going to get paid seven to 10%. Sometimes okay. they will tell you, look, man, I think with this flip, I can take, you know, this X amount and it might be sometimes more than seven to 10% and you'll be fine with it because the flip, you know, it might be way too much work and things like that. But they basically, it basically can work that way. So you can offer these individuals that are running the field. Maybe they want to keep having a consistent income and you know how to find the deals or you have deals that you can find and you just need someone that is there organized. Okay. And that has a vision of what needs to be doing next and needs to be proactively doing these things. This person almost always could be doing a good role as a project manager, okay. right? Someone that has that administrative role, someone that has experience with, with you know, with doing some renovations and, and knowing what the prices of the, you know, uh, of the material, knowing how much you should be paying for, for this or that. And if that person is someone that agrees on, on getting seven, 10%, you could potentially manage a project like that being, okay. by being put in the ground. Okay. So right. seven, to, seven to 10%, you're playing a project manager. And I'm, I'm sure that's on a net once everything is cashed out, once the flip is completed. Correct. And sold, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So you guys are basically finding the deals there in Detroit with the with the online marketing and things like that. And then you're hiring this project manager to manage the flip. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we we were also lucky because we we found like like a well, someone that had like a like someone that saw our announcement, our ad and 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 had like a big list of homes. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, a lot of people were trying to get a, you know, get a hold of these homes, but we were able to find someone that purchased homes long time ago in Detroit for very, very cheap, dirt cheap, and was selling it. We're selling them. They were trying to make some profit out of it. And it was, some of them were good deals for flips. Some of them were good deals for buying holds and things like that. Okay. So yeah, we, we started working with that list, right? And then those houses are almost over. So it's, it's you know, it's going to be time to start remarketing again. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So kind of wrapping up here, Esteban, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to put Esteban on the hot seat real quick. So Esteban, starting over real briefly, what would you do differently if you would do anything different? <laughs> Oh my God. You know, one of the first things that I really would want to, to, to do if I were to start is what I do right now. And it is that I make decisions quicker. So it means that I am a little bit more riskier. Okay. okay. I, I tend to, I, I used to tend to like hold into my decisions and super analytical guy from engineering background that like, I will have to like write down things or like see the pros and cons and things like that. But then opportunity passes by. Yep. So I would make sure that those decisions and opportunities that come in, I'll take a hit on them, even if I, I actually struggle or fail at doing that. Okay. Because it's going to make sure to give me, you know, give, give, me, give, me, that, give me that learning curve that I need that I could have had you know, five years, five months or five years, if I took decision five months or five years from today. So if I make a decision today that I know I want to wait, I, my self-conscious is saying like, don't do it. I could learn right now today real fast and I can make that happen. And one of those okay. decisions have been having the proper guidance. So I've always been a, a, 
a fan of doing things myself and figuring out myself. But there are some specific things, man, in life that you don't need to reinvent the wheel or yeah. figure out how the wheel works uh, because someone has already done it. So what you can do is you find out who is the one that teaches how to how to you know how the wheel works and how how to make the wheel but this one is this person is going to be someone that is legitimate and you're going to take those teachings and and those guiding guidance and you're going to tweak it your own way to make it better okay yeah. so so and that um, is going for yep so basically making decisions quicker and making sure you find that mentor to help you along the journey yeah okay. i think i think that now mentorship is not absolutely necessary but it is absolutely a complimental thing that you should be doing it at some point even okay. if it is like exchange of value so for example i had several mentors right i had mentors that i exchanged time i worked for free they were mentoring me and i exchanged value but i had to do it i had to sacrifice the time right and there's some mentors that had to pay money right and mm -hmm. there were good mentors, somewhere shitty mentors, but you know, you know, no, you know what yep. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, so tell us, Esteban, for a struggling investor, somebody that's getting started, you know, and they're going through the ups and downs. What's some words of encouragement that you can share with them? Hey, man, you know what? You have to have these expectations. It's going to be hard because this business and entrepreneurship is not for everyone and and this is the hard truth that i you know that i had to really live with because you're gonna be so mesmerized and you're going to be like your eyes are going to be shiny in seeing all these successful people and all this youtube and all this success and you're going to be of, of course, fired up by this. Yeah. But the truth is that this journey, there's a lot of things that people don't cover in this journey. And it is and it is how tough it can get, especially in your first years and how tough mentally it can get you. All right. If you don't make quick decisions of, for example, making sure you delegate uh, the things that you have to do on a daily basis quickly and you're not hiring for help or getting help quickly by you know having virtual assistant or whatever that is you're going to run into a stress you're going to probably start having these difficult days that you just want to quit you want to quit you want to quit this is so hard i'm not getting results and and it's going to happen all right it's going to definitely ha happen sometimes at a very low level sometimes at a very high level but you have to have these expectations so you have to be very mentally tough mm -hmm. in order to sustain this and 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 a lot of people say like oh i'm in a course i'm going to skip the mental mentality mindset part yep. i'm going to skip yep. that i'm going to go right away into like the nitty-gritty no no like That's mindset is like everything yep. yep a lot of people make that mistake even when i teach my uh one of my classes in our two-day workshop is we start out with the mindset and the mental fortitude that you have to have in order to be successful. Because like you said, success is out there, but there's a, a roadmap that you have to take in order to get there. And a lot of people want to cheat that roadmap. And by doing so, they run into a lot of different roadblocks. And then they don't know how to bounce back from those setbacks. And a lot of people give up and they say, okay, well, I'm just going to go back, you know, working my nine to five because that's what I'm used to. That's what I'm comfortable with because there's a lot of different moving parts when it comes to being an entrepreneur. You know, there's no every two weeks or every week I get a paycheck. You earn from what you, what you learn really. And by putting that into practice. So man, you, you, you hit it right on the head Esteban. So wrapping up here, how can we get in touch with you, Esteban, if we want to learn more about marketing and multi multimedia marketing and things like that? How can we get in touch with you? Absolutely, man. So I'd be happy to to get any, anyone or anything that has a question or work with us by follow me on social media. So at Estenic, E-S-T-E-N-I-C-K, Estenic. 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. You can also join our Facebook group that is for free, Real Estate Investing and, and Wholesaling Marketing and Conversion Mastery. But you can also go to our website and book an appointment with us at www.hesselmedia.com, which is H-E-S-E-L media.com. You can pronounce it Hustle Media because we used to hustle. Now we're just a little bit more smarter than that, <laughs> but we still hustle. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. Okay. Well, Esteban, I really, I, I thank you and I appreciate you being on today, man. Much success to you on your flips in Detroit and more of your marketing. I really wanted to talk today about, you know, lead generation with you because you are one of the lead generation experts. So, man, thank, thank you. you so much. And look forward to working with you and talking with you in the future. So, guys, you know what to do. You heard from Esteban. Get out there and let's take action. Because remember, each day that you don't take action is a day that you get set up for failure. So always remember, always, always to enjoy the journey. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.